Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. say this every day and it takes no less degree it we mean it it's an honor to be able to come across your radios and things of that nature and looking at the analytics we're talking to people in Nepal who are listening to us today as far away as Australia people around the corner from me here in South Carolina a big huge group of people in Pensacola Florida a huge group of people up in New England people all over this country we represented uh, last month 49 states and uh I think 31 nations, so it's an honor to come across. It's an honor to be with you, and we're thrilled to do that. With me, as always, is my friend Stephanie. Now, Stephanie, what's up? Wow, Doug, what's up is that I am tired. (laughs) Yeah. Rejoice in the Lord, you know. You can be tired and not feel good and still rejoice in the Lord. (laughs) So, uh, Stephanie's, you know, has been de- more messy than a soup sandwich her life. She's dealing with some kind of virus and, you know, she's just messed up, man. And, you know, and here she is doing podcasts, praise God. So, uh, that's good for that. Keep mm-hmm. us in prayer, uh, folks. Pray for Stephanie and her health and her kids and offer the same to Debbie and I, and we'd appreciate that. So this is a, we're going into this Psalm 130, but before we go there, we have this segment called You Might Be a Knucklehead If. And the reason we do this not knuckleheaded moment is a couple, a couple fold. Number one, we don't want you to be a knucklehead. We want to give you the tools that shows you what it looks like to be a knucklehead and what it looks like not to be a knucklehead. So we do this segment so that you won't be a knucklehead. And second, we do this segment so you won't hang out with knuckleheads. You don't want to hang out with people who do these knuckleheaded things. So anyway, this is just on my heart and mind. I came out this morning. You know, I'm doing my stretching, getting ready to go for my brisk walk this morning around 0600 hours. And, you know, I'm warming up my legs a little bit. I'm stretching, and I look over, and there is dog turd on my lawn. So I just wanted to say that. Now, I'm offended by that. If you take your dog out for a walk... And he goes poo-poo, or number two, on someone's <laughs> lawn. You have a responsibility, an innate responsibility. I'm thinking about getting the DNA on that and tracking down some dogs around here and figuring out which dog. I think I got it figured out anyway. But, folks, you're a knucklehead if you don't pick up behind your dog. If you want your dog to go number two on your yard, do it on your yard. Leave those yellow spots with the weird pee because you're feeding them Diet Coke or something. Stop that! That might make you a knucklehead. That's all I want to say about the knucklehead thing. I may have spent too much time on it already. But anyway, now the next thing, food, that's right with God. So, okay, this is just me, man. Uh, but I got to tell you, I've turned into a scrambled egg person. I like a light scrambled egg. You know, a little bit of kosher salt and pepper and nothing but egg. You know, and, and I like it lightly cooked. I don't want it to be... Tastes like chunks or something that's been left there. I want a little bit of juice still in that bad boy. Mm-hmm. I don't want it running, but I want to taste it like scrambled eggs are supposed to taste. That's all I've got to say. That's my input. But you're a knucklehead. 
and food. That's right with God. I mean, <laughs> are you with me, Stephanie, in those two areas? Yes, sir. All right. All right. Good. And Stephanie's got a dog. If she took her dog out. I was going to say, I just want to say for the record. Yeah. I have taken when Thor was younger. Now, if I took Thor on a walk, he'd take me on the walk. Yeah. But when he was younger and I would take him on his walks, I learned to carry a bag because I had to call my son at the house a couple of times that I forgot. And he had to run around the corner from the subdivision to get Thor's mess cleaned up because it happens. And so, yeah. You <laughs> it does happen. Yeah. <laughs> I just decided it's going to happen if you take your dog yeah. on a walk. So. It's gonna, and, and Thor is no small dog. You know, we're talking yeah. maybe halfway to the size of horse manure. Anyway, so <laughs> we've got that out of the way. This subject turned uh, really bad. So we're going to move forward. And, uh, <laughs> but you know what's not bad is the Word of God. And here we are. We're on Psalm 130 today. And, and Stephanie and I were just praying about this psalm and looking at it. And uh, I think there's a lot in here for us. Uh, we look at these psalms, as we mentioned, all the time through the eyes of people who suffered from PTSD, who have victory over PTSD, whose hearts have hurt, who people freaked out, who are hypervigilant, who are more wound up than uh, an eight-day clock, who are more messed up than a soup sandwich. That's us. Mm -hmm. But God has a way of fixing all these things in us, and he can do that. So let's look at this psalm with that in mind. So we're in the book of Psalms. We're on Psalm 130 today. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. And uh, Lord, hear my voice. Let thy ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark my iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee that they mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait. And in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Let Israel hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his inequities and, I mean, coming right out of there, he's talking from death to life. So, again, this is one of these penitential psalms, I think, uh, when the people are in captivity, where they're being held, where they're doing these things. And uh, I think this guy's confessing his sins. Uh, I think he's, he's going on. And, you know, the way he approaches God here, Stephanie, I mean, what do you think when you're looking at, Steph, uh, Stephanie, what, what do you think when you're looking at Psalm 130? Yeah, there's a sense in which this person obviously is humble, has that humble and contrite heart that God promises he will not despise. And this person understands, the psalmist understands, Lord, I, I, I'm nothing before you. And I think this person understands the fact that without Christ, there's hopelessness. Verse three says, if thou Lord should dismark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? In other words, God, if you start, if you start a list of my iniquities, wow, I'm done. Oh, there's man. hopeless. Be, mine would be a book long. Yeah. And that's today. It, yeah. 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 Our hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked. And this psalmist gets that. And verse four, 
talk about hope, but but there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. And I think it's amazing that the psalmist couples forgiveness and a fear of God together. That yeah. when we understand how great our salvation is, when we understand the depth of forgiveness, the depth of how God forgives us, the depth of what he paid so that we could be forgiven, it will cause us to fear him. It will cause us to walk humbly before him because we understand that without him, we truly would have not one little shred of hope. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. And, and you know, right right there, right where you started off, he's talking, I've cried. I mean, this is, you know, out of the depths, and it sounds like he's drowning in the water. You know, an expression mm-hmm. that you used when you were dealing with your PTSD, I'm drowning. He's saying, yeah. out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. This is something that's been going on. He's cried from the depths. Every time he's in the depths, he's crying. Uh, Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. He, he's saying, please hear me. He's, he's, he's talking, you know, remember my prayers, Lord. Hear my prayers and uh, hear what I have to say to you. He, he's talking, I'm, I'm dealing with this defeat. I, you know, I often when I hear of the depths of despair, I always go back in my mind, Stephanie, and I think not only of you saying I'm drowning, but I think about that feeling you have when you're over your head in the water and you're trying to stay afloat. And it just feels like you know it's coming where you're going underwater. You know you're going to drink water. You know things aren't going to be going great. You know that's getting ready to happen. And I kind of got that feel uh, right there as we get started, as we come out. But but then he's he's going on to life, and and uh, and he's talking, being attentive to my supplication. If thou, Lord, should mark us my inequities, O Lord, who shall who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. And, and he's talking about going, he's talking about this guilt, all these inequities, this book that you and I just talked about, all that. And, and he's going to this place of forgiveness with God. And, and don't we have to get there? Yeah. Yeah. And coming to that point of understanding that when God forgives us, he's not going to keep hanging it over your head. No. That forgiveness means that guilt is gone. That sense of conviction of, I've done wrong. When you repent, go to Christ, repent, and turn from that. He forgives you. And we'll try to throw that in your face with fiery darts of condemnation. But to understand that when you come to that point of understanding that you are forgiven, then you get to the place of victory that comes with verse 5. When you accept that I am forgiven, I do stand redeemed, that will change everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, uh, I think it does change everything. And I think you're right there. I wait on the Lord and my soul doth wait. And in his word, do I hope? And, uh, I'm waiting. I'm in, I'm all in, I'm ready to go from darkness to light. And it says, my soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. He says that twice. I, it feels like you're kind of in this court hearing going on there or this courtroom now. I'm, you know, he's telling us, he's, He's treating us as if we're judging him as we look at this. And uh, he keeps on saying, hey, I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. He's over and over again. I'm all in. I'm going to do this. I'm going to wait. It's going to be who I am. 
And, and then he goes, look at those last two verses, Stephanie. It says, let Israel hope in the Lord, for the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his inequities. And so he's talking about that bondage where he started off that penitential feel that I'm in jail, that I'm in bondage, that I did something wrong. We, we're being held. I'm stuck here. And now he's talking about the freedom we find in God. Mm. So not only have we seen the liberty we have in God as we started at the beginning of this week, but now we're seeing the freedom we have in God. And I, I mean, looking at that, Stephanie, I mean, how? How do we go from, in your case, calling me up and saying I'm drowning, in your place saying, man, I'm no good. Uh, God, I can fill a book with my inequities. To that place where, you know, hey, I'm going to trust God. I, you know, God, I know I've done these things. I, I know I messed up, but I'm going to give it to you. And, uh, and you go in from, so from guilt to forgiveness, then we went from darkness to light, and then we wound up from bondage to freedom. So in your life, you've went through these steps. How? Well, you let, first of all, you have to take God at his word. Yeah. Because I think when we're in those pits, when we're in those trials, our emotions will scream at us that God hates us, that he's done with us, that he has no purpose for us, that he hasn't forgiven us. And understanding that we don't live the Christian life based on our feelings. Yeah. That's not the Christian life. The Christian life is a, is a walk of faith. It's yeah. a walk moment by moment dependence on Jesus and who he is and, and trusting him to work in and through our lives. And I think coming to that place is supernatural. It's not something we can do. Um, our part is to surrender. Yeah, exactly. Us because we as humans, we want to just fix things. We just want to make things better, right? We just want to make that pain go away or whatever has caused that stress in our life. We just want it to be over and done. Right. But that's not always how it works. And so to be willing to take his hand that he outstretches to us and says, will you take my hand? Will you let me lift you above the waves? Will you call on to me? Because I promised if you call to me, I will answer and I will show you great and mighty things. And he shows those great and mighty things. He shows through his word, through his still small voice, speaking to you when the, when the storm is raging. And where he brings you supernaturally, as you yield to him, he brings you to that point of saying, I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait. And in his word do I hope. My, that's where my confident expectation is. And I know that my God is faithful. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess understanding, you know, some may come back and say, okay, I need this a little more practical, Doug, Stephanie. I need this a little more practical. How do I yield? Some may ask that question. What did yielding look like to you? It looked like going to the Lord and saying, God, I'm done. I have nothing left. Yeah. I thought I had nothing left yesterday, but I've even less of nothing left today. And I can't do this. And it, you have to come through. Mm. This is what your word says. And right now I don't feel it at all. And it he, feels he always does. Yeah. He always does I, come through. Yeah. Yes. Just to almost come to that point of God. You said, this is what your word says. 
And everything around me says you're a liar right now, but I know that's not true. So would you keep your word? Would you, would you manifest yourself to me and show yourself to me? Because without it, I'm done. And that's when you come to that point of, I guess, brokenness of, I have nothing in me. And so Lord, this has to be you. And where David said, a broken and a contrite heart that will not despise. And he won't. He says, draw nigh to me and I will draw nigh to you. Claim those promises. When you have a humble and contrite heart, God has made that promise that he will not leave you comfortless. He will come to you. He will walk with you. He'll abide with you. He'll hold you up. He'll hide you under the shadow of his wings. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's good. I think that's a good explanation is, you know, and I know we've mentioned this before, folks, but it's so important that we do this. It's so important that we come to the end of ourselves, which is kind of what I just got out of Stephanie. What she was saying is just saying, God, I can't do this. You know, when it when it's no longer about our strength, you know, our weakness, you know what the Bible says that our weaknesses allow a place for God's strengths. So if we recognize our weaknesses, if we recognize those things that we can't fix and give them to God, we allow God to show his strength through us. And boy, that's a, that's an empowering thing, Stephanie. That's, yeah, you know, it's enlightening, it's empowering. It brings other people down the road with you. It brings you to that place where you just feel like, man, I, I I've got it now, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I'll tell you, for those daily sufferers, and we're among them, you know, every day you have to make a decision. I'm not going to let the pain, if it's physical or emotional or mental pain, I'm not going to let the memories, I'm not going to let this stuff ruin my or my family's life. Every day we have to make that decision. Those of us dealing with PTSD, yeah. those of us dealing with hurt. We wake up in the morning and make that decision. This morning, I was telling you, I was reading Job 4 and 5. I was in Psalm 44, I think. I was in uh, Luke chapter 9 and uh, with my Bible reading this morning. And, I mean, God was able to uh, polish me through those readings. You know, he was able to help me and assist me. But this is what I know. This is what I know, folks. And I think this is a really helpful thing for all of us. Until we're broken. Until we see ourselves as the broken people we are, uh, God will never put us back together. Until we go to the Creator and say, God, we're broken, we see it, we get it, we're never going to get back together. Because a broken vessel doesn't hold water. A broken vessel doesn't hold anything. But when God fills the brokenness, when he fills the cracks, when he puts everything together, when our weaknesses become his strengths, when when we can be a trophy of God's grace in our lives, when we can stand up and say, look what God did, boy, things can be different for us, folks. And uh, I'll tell you, you know what's even more empowering than that is when God heals us, when he takes us from broken, when he takes us from cracked, when he makes our vessel able to hold again, when he allows us to be happy and have joy in our lives, even in the midst of the terrible losses we've experienced, the terrible things we've been through, the innocence stolen, even in all that craziness, when God gives us that joy that second time around, even more powerful than having us 
the brokenness put back together and making us whole and filling that God side hole inside of all of us with God, even more powerful than that is what happens to the people around you. And oh, how God uses a broken person that's been fixed. Oh, how God uses somebody who's lost somebody so wonderful to them, so right to them, so perfect to them. Oh, how does God use them in the years that go by if they're if they get their vessel fixed, if they get their cracks plugged by God, if God takes the brokenness, puts it in his hand, and makes it whole, that's a powerful thing. I see that in Stephanie. I hope I see it sometimes in me. I hope I see it in all of you. But take the brokenness. Give that broken old, freaked out, rougher than a night in jail thing to God and say, God, I need you. I see it now, God. I'm of no value. You could fill books with my inequities. I've hurt God. I'm still in pain over what I went through. It still hurts. Get me through it. And you know what? He does. He always does. If you go to God, he'll always take you to where you need to go. That's just how God is. That's who he is. He helps us. So, Stephanie, take this last minute or so and tell us something that's on your heart. I think you just, I think you nailed it. I'm not sure I'd have much to add to that. Every once in a while, even a broken clock gets the time right. So, (laughs) well, you know, Stephanie, here we are again, September 13th to 17th, Camp Joy, Wisconsin. Call the camp, speak to, speak to director John Moore, yourself, Pastor Moore will help you sign you up, get you ready. One of the best camps in the country. We want to see you there. You have to meet Stephanie and her kids. You, they're just a hoot. You'll see a little blonde bomber making me do all kinds of things she wants me to do. That's Emmy. But make sure you get out there and see us and come hang out with us. But more important than meeting Stephanie, meeting Stephanie's kids is coming to camp and allowing God to polish you, allowing God to fill in those cracks. Hey, listen, we're going to play a good song for you here. And when that song's done, I want you to listen to every word Brother Eric has to say from our production team and know for sure you're going to heaven. We sure do love you, folks. We thank you for this opportunity to serve with you. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great weekend. God bless you.
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.